his lifetime of ministry. That's where the problem is. <laughs> you can probably see that we do have fun in ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you enjoyed last night? Praise God. I miss one or two people here. I wonder where they are. But anyway, we'll find out whether they are here tomorrow. Did they go home? Those people that. <laughs> I'm referring to last night. They went home. Okay. Praise God. Uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to talk to you about um, Catch Peter. And uh, you can put your own name in there. So come tomorrow morning. It's going to be a great morning. Um, <clears throat> tonight, I want to talk to you about the, uh, the, the wells of Abraham. Um, I'm 41 years in ministry. I grew up in Pentecost. Um, I'm traveling. I, I'm fortunate to preach into many, many churches. And um, I want to uh, have a look at uh, Genesis chapter 26 tonight and just pull out of that some truths in your life and my life and uh, let the Lord bless you by that. Um, the promises of uh, the wells of Abraham speaks of the promises of God. And um, I pray that this will be a blessing to you. Now, in Genesis chapter 26, and we're not going to read the whole thing because there's too much. We, we know the story that there, was, there were two famines in the land. Verse 1 says there was, one, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine. So the whole chapter started with a huge problem, two famines. And now all of a sudden, Isaac, which means laughter, uh, isn't it amazing that sometimes laughter needs to find itself into double trouble, two famines. Isaac means laughter, so the chapter started with double trouble, two famines. So it's, it's, it's almost like a prophetic picture. Learn to laugh when you're surrounded by trouble. Now, that's easier said or preached than being done. But it says there, and, and there was a famine in the land besides the first famine um, in, in, in the days of Abraham. Very interesting. It was in the days of Abraham. Now, Abraham was the, the man that God made all these promises and, and, and what his inheritance will look like. And you almost wonder, how is it possible that two famines can happen in the days of Abraham? What God is actually saying to all of us, we're living in a broken world, and we blame it on Adam and Eve. And I know there's billions of people trying to get a hold of Adam and Eve because of the mess they've left us in. Uh, but nobody has been successful getting a hold of them, so maybe one day we will get a hold of them. Maybe that's one of the first people you need to go and see. <laughs> Don't tell them in that day I send you. But the world is a broken place, whether we like it or not. Um, but God's promises is still true. Uh, and we can, we can rather focus on that. Now, it says here, And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him. So now the Lord appeared to Isaac, and he said to Isaac, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I shall tell you. Right in the beginning, God is saying to Isaac, Do not do not leave the footprints of your father. Stay faithful in the footprints of your father. 
And again, last night we spoke about the footprints of Mary Magdalene. And uh, do not go down to Egypt. Do not go into the world. Do not, do not, do not go and seek your, your, uh, your wellness in places where God never ordained you to be. And then he said to him, and you know the story so well. He said, dwell in this land, and I will be with you, bless you for you and your descendants, and I will give you all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham. So what God is saying is, I did not forget what I said to Abraham. Now, we are all children of Abraham. And God is saying to us tonight, do not forget. And then, dwell in the land, and then he said to him, and I will make your descendants, multiply the stars, uh, and basically the same promise that he made to Abraham. And then we notice there in verse 12, the Bible says, And then Isaac sowed uh, in that land and repeated in the same year a hundredfold. So what happened in verse 12 is, uh, and remember I'm talking about the wells of Abraham. Isaac sowed a seed that same year into double trouble. He sowed a seed into the land that he almost turned his back on. And, and that speaks of us. Uh, sometimes you and I need to sow a seed. Now, when I say sow a seed, I'm not referring to finances. Uh, finances also, but I'm referring to whatever you do. The fact that you are here tonight in this meeting, you are sowing your, you are, you are sowing your time. You are sowing a seed. You still believe. Uh, you still believe in the face of all the trouble and in the face of all the things you faced, here I am. I'm standing in the pulpit on a Saturday night. What am I doing? I'm sowing a seed. I'm sowing my life. I'm sowing, I'm sowing my energy. I, I, I'm faithful to the ministry uh, that the Lord has called me into for 41 years. Uh, I'm, I'm sowing a seed. And uh, when God sees that you are willing to sow, Against the, against the odds. Because when you sow into double trouble, there's nothing in the land that inspires you. How many of you know that sometimes it doesn't look good around you, but it doesn't mean you should hold back on being faithful? Because you can be surrounded by bad circumstances. But God is saying to Isaac, sow. And he sowed a seed, and the Bible says he reaped a hundredfold that same year. Now, church, we've heard millions of sermons on sowing and reaping. Sowing and you say, well, please don't preach tonight about sowing and reaping. I almost went to something else, but I just felt the Lord said, no, you preach about the wells of Abraham. So here it is. Um, whether we like sowing and reaping, but the, the world is, it's all about sowing and reaping. 2,000 years, God sowed a seed by giving us his son. And... Um, I've learned, and I, I wish I can tell you just stories of the last 20 years living in this country. Um, many times when I think about these things, and people, I have, a, I have every week now, not every week, but every month I have what we call an inner room. An inner room is a gathering of the younger generation that come on Zoom, and I, I give them one hour of my time. And what they ask me is, and they ask me all kinds of questions. And, and, and they ask me sometimes, where do you get all these stories? Stories of things that happened in meetings and stories of miracles. And, and, I, and I say to them, because I am seeking the wells of my father. I didn't say it that way to them. 
you will never have a story unless you have been faithful. Come on. Stories, it's, it's one thing to read somebody else's stories. It's another thing to have your own stories. And I have stories because um, a story can emerge tonight out of this meeting. Something can happen miraculously. And all of a sudden, I have another story to tell. Now, I have some humor stories, and I will not tell that from the pulpit, because I've seen a few things and said a few things I should never have said from a pulpit. By the way, when, when your brother and sister walked down here, and I said, oh, sister of Gary, brother, and he said, he's the best looking one of the family, something to that effect. So I just want to tell you what he said, but I think he's right. I think he's right. Amen. Yeah, thank you. So it's just hard to bring this in here. I don't know how it fits into my sermon, but anyway. Uh, uh, Isaac sowed in that land, they reaped in the same year hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him, and the Lord blessed him. Now watch this, watch this. And the man began to prosper. Now, where did the prosperity start? And I know some people say, well, don't preach about the prosper prosperity. No, 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 church. God is not poor. I mean, he, he's not poor. And he began to prosper. Why? Because the man released the seed. Uh, but I'm not focusing on the word prosperity. And the man began to prosper, and he continued prosper uh, prospering until he became very prosperous. So <clears throat> now God is turning a double trouble land into a very prosperous situation. Why? Because this whole pros prosperous situation in a double trouble land has something to do with the promise that God made to Abraham. And um, the man began to prosper. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. And the Philistines envied him. Now verse 14 talks about flocks and possessions. And you know some people say, well I don't want to, be, I don't want to have any earthly stuff. Well, uh, there's nothing wrong to, uh, why, why do you have a car? If you, if you don't like earthly stuff, why don't you use a donkey car? Come on. No, I don't want to go by donkey car to the airport tomorrow. I have a Volkswagen Passat or Jetta, and I'm going to drive that thing, and it's a great car. Thank God for stuff. It makes lives a little bit more comfortable. But he had all of that, and the Philistines envied him. Now remember, when God's favor is upon your life, you will always have opposition. You always have opposition. I know what I'm talking about. If I have nothing, I'm in big trouble. If I have something, I need to guard my life. Come on. Because uh, it's amazing that sometimes people don't want you to have anything, but they want themselves to have everything. Okay. Uh, not, not in this church. I'm talking about other churches. And um, it's, it's never in the church where I go to because that's why I'm here. Next week, I'll talk to you about you in another church. That's just how, the way I operate. Okay, so they envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped the wells. Look at that. The, the Philistines had stopped the wells. They literally, they stopped the wells of Abraham on purpose. You see, church, we must understand God's blessings, God's favor, God's goodness, God's kindness is a given. But the enemy will try to put dirt into the wells, into the promises that God has for you. Come on. Uh, he will try to stop up the promises, put dirt into the wells. 
and, and, and we're just going to look at these wells. And all I want you to do tonight is to realize, don't accept dirt in your wells. Don't, don't make peace with dirt in your wells. Don't, uh, don't allow what the enemy has put into your wells and say, well, it must be the will of God. No, 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 no. The will of God is pure, divine. And you will see tonight that we will ultimately land up in the perfect well. And God is saying to all of you, I'm taking you to the perfect well. I want the best for you. I'm a good God. I wish I could preach on all the fish that God gave. Uh, and how many times in the Bible God helped them to catch a lot of fish. And it's always too much fish. And it's always too many. And there's always an oversupply. Uh, because God's name is El Shaddai more than enough. He's not, his name is not barely enough. If God means barely enough, then okay. Then I understand why you only have barely enough. But okay, so let's go. And... Uh, Philistines stopped the wells which, the, which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are mightier than we. In verse 16, we have the enemy saying to Isaac, literally in his face, go away, because you are mightier than we. How, how did they measure mightier? When they measured, when he said, you are mightier than we, he did not measure the anointing because the enemy knows nothing about the anointing. The enemy saw the flocks and the favor in the land. The enemy saw the possessions and the herds. And when the enemy saw that, the enemy said, you are mightier. How, do, how does an animal makes me mightier? You see... When God's favor come upon your life, the world measure you not with the anointing. When I go to you, I will, I will try to see well, how much of the anointing you have and how much of the Holy Spirit you have. But the world sees us sometimes from, we are living in a success-driven world, whether we like it or not. And, and not all the success-driven stuff is godly, but... The church cannot be poor and spread the gospel. How will we spread the gospel? I mean, if, if, if we want to stay poor. So, so they envied him. And the Philistines had stopped up the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham. And Abimelech said, go away, you are mightier. And Isaac departed from there. And he pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar. Now Gerar... I think it was an area where they had a lot of cattle. They, they had a lot of cattle there. And uh, now he's in Gerar. And Isaac dug a, again the wells of, of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. So again, uh, Isaac is now rediscovering uh, the wells of Abraham. And I want to say that one of the wells that we need to rediscover in this modern day, is the well of Pentecost. Because, and I will not go into the detail there, but there's many, many people, uh, even today, we live in such a, especially in America, we live in America where they want to do church without the Holy Spirit. Uh, they want to do church without the cross. They want a gospel without blood. 
They want a secret, sensitive gospel that will make the people feel comfortable. And unfortunately, that is modern-day dirt in the wells of the true and the authentic gospel. And I want to say to this church, never allow dirt of compromise to come into the well of Pentecost. And, uh, uh, well, I just had to say that. Anyway, so, uh, gave from us, and, and he redug the wells, and he stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And um, he called them by the names which his father had called them. And, and I love that. He called, he called them by the names which his father had called them. I don't say that we should get stuck in 1940. I don't say that we should get stuck in 1960. I'm not stuck there. My, my shirt is hanging out. I mean, 20 years ago or 25 years ago, when I came into America in 97, 98, man, we had three-piece suits. We had cufflinks. We had ties. Uh, Rush Limbaugh ties. Remember those days? The Rush Limbaugh ties. I had a guy in Columbus. Every time he sees me, he gave me a Rush Limbaugh tie. Can I tell you something? I don't want a tie. I have ties in my home that I still have, about 20 of them. They hang on there now for years. I don't even look at them. Uh, I know the pastors wear black ties when they go to a funeral. I don't go to funerals because I never get invited to funerals. But I never get invited to, uh, to weddings either. I think I had one or two weddings in 20 years that I attended and they invited me. So, but what, what, what am I saying to you? I'm not stuck there. I'm 69, and if you travel with me, you'll see I'm pretty, I'm pretty cutting edge. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going I'm to give you a fun night. It's Saturday night. Come on. Everybody say, Saturday night. I'm not going to give you this heavy hell and brimstone sermon and make you depressive. Come on. You, all of you know the Lord. Uh, we are here to rediscover the wells of our Father. But he kept the names. And what I love about that is I can still respect the names without being old-fashioned. Come on. It doesn't mean if I talk about Abraham, I look like Abraham. Thank God. I don't even know what he looked like, but I have an idea what he looked like. Amen. And I don't want to see that guy. But I'm, uh, uh, Isaac, Isaac respect the names that his father gave to the wells. And, uh, and Isaac's servants dug a, a, a well in the valley, and they found the well of running water, verse 20. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esek, because they quarreled with him. So there's the first well. Esek means quarrel. Wow, I can preach on quarrel. I, I, I'm in Pentecost, but I've met a lot of quarreling people in, in my journey. Do you know what? I, I've met pastors that when God started to bless me, they quarreled with me. Before I got blessed, they would love me. But the moment somebody blessed me with something, they quarreled with me. I remember in my younger days, I was the national youth director, and somebody gave me a sound system and specifically said, this is for you and the team that travels with you, but it's yours. 
And they came and they said to me, well, that was never given to you. It was given to the youth department. I said, call the man who gave it to me. And they called the man and he said, I never gave it to the youth department. I want him to have it. You know what he said to them? Because you control him and I don't want you to control him because God is blessing that young man. He's going to take the land for Christ and I don't want you to put another limit on him. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I could not say that to that old folk, but he said it to them. Quarrel. Quarrel. Come on, you will get it in your own life. You will get situations where you need to quarrel. God doesn't want you to quarrel for a salary increase. God doesn't want you to quarrel for everything you need in life. You can, you can make that thing very personal. And, and there come seasons in your life or my life that we need to quarrel. We need to fight. We need to push back for what is ours. God says, move on. Move on. I have something better for you. Amen? How many of you are ready to move on? Okay, thank you. If you don't want to move on, just die where you are, but don't call me in to come and give you a prophetic word to get you out of that mess. Amen? Sometimes you don't need a word to leave. You just need to move on. Watch this. Watch this. So that means quarrel. Uh, and, and church, I can, say, I can say much about the word quarrel. I have been in church meetings. Oh, will I ever forget this one? Come on, I'm telling you now. All these people I'm talking about, they are all dead. And uh, so, so they can do me no harm. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> and they don't even know where I am. Even if they were alive, they will not know. They are not that smart. <sighs> I remember... Those days, we had a meeting, and it was a board meeting, and all the big guys were there, and we were two or three pastors, and, and I was the associate, but actually I was the, not the associate, I was the co-pastor, and the whole idea was they brought me into the church because I need to take over from the older pastor. Because the church went down for seven years, it was the number one church in the whole district, and it went down to number seven. And it was, uh, and so anyway, so they brought me in and I'm sitting there and, uh, and it's that time of the year that everybody needs to get a salary increase. And the treasurer of, of our board was a financial guy from a bank. He was, he was a big guy in the banking industry. So he knew how numbers work. And now they need to give salary increases. And then my increase was bigger than the senior pastor's increase. And uh, he was offended by that. Uh, oh, yeah, you say, well, that, it, I know that, that doesn't happen in America, but it happens in Africa. And uh, so, yeah, why do you laugh like that? Why, what, 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 there's something about that laugh, amen? And um, so now they quarrel. And I'm sitting there, and I said, Lord, this is about my salary increase. And then I found out this guy doesn't want me to have more money. And my increase was 10 rand. 10 rand today is about 75 cents, American cents. <laughs> it was not even much those days. And um, so now this man from the bank just explained to him, well, pastor, you must understand that in order to bring the younger man in line in the future, we'll have to give him, and it makes sense. We need to meet one another in our graphics. Oh, don't talk about graphics. No, it's not a good thing. And they quarrel. And I said, Lord, they quarrel over something so minute. Is this what you have for me? God said, no. One year from now, you will resign. 
because I've never called you for this political mess. I'm going to send you to the nations, and you're going to live by faith. I said, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to live by faith. And I'm living by faith since January 1987, and God has given me more than 75 cents. Everybody say, I'm leaving the well of quarreling. Okay. And uh, so they dug another well. Remember, Isaac is not there. He's leaving. They dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also. Oh, my goodness. Sounds like it did not say. Then he called the name Sitna. This, this well is called Sitna. Sitna means enmity, deep-seated dislike. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever dealt with people that have deep-seated issues? Nobody. I saw one lady with, mm, mm. you're probably too afraid to show too much mm, of this because, come on, deep-seated dislike. Church, I don't think any one of us came tonight to the service to be part of things like deep-seated issues. We're tired of that. And, uh, and he moved from there and he dug another well, verse 22, and they did not quarrel over it. I think... I think when they did not quarrel, I think Isaac must have said, thank God. Thank God. Uh, so he called its name Rehoboth, which means spacious. And he said, for the Lord has made room for us. That's powerful. The Lord has made room for us. And I want to say to all of you, never get stuck. I remember I, pre I preached about a word last year here, the God of the in-between. You can get stuck. We, we all need to watch ourselves. Every now and then I watch myself, my ministry, I look at myself, how I preach, what do I sound like. Even tonight, I just decided, man, I better be, be upbeat because it's Saturday night and I don't want these people to fall asleep. And uh, uh, you, 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 you must find space. Find space for yourself. God has given each one of us space. God wants every one of us to belong. He wants every one of us to be us. Why am I in this church? Because God has given me space. You have given me space. You have given me room to move. By bringing me in, you say, preach. Do what you do. Help us. Bless us. But we want your gift. It's, it's a gift that God's given me. But you know what? There's other churches, they will not give me space. They don't know what they miss. But let's give one another space. Let's be a well. Come on. God wants to give you space because Isaac said, thank God we now have some space. And, uh, and we shall be fruitful in this land. That's his comment. Now we have space and we shall be fruitful. And I pray that that every one of you will find your space and that you will operate in, in an openness. Uh, find, uh, don't let your well in your mind become full of dirt because uh, you can even have dirt in your, in your, in your, in your mind, in, your, in the well of your mind. Don't let dirt come and sit there. You know, I grew up in Pentecost, said it before. I'm in ministry 41 years, but I can easily allow dirt 
come into my thinking. I can even allow dirt to come into my preaching well. You know, you, you, I can listen to somebody that preaches for 40 years, and I can listen to another guy, and they can preach the same word, two different things that you hear. Why? Because the one guy has allowed the dirt of religion to come into the dirt, uh, into the well of his preaching. Don't let the well, I want to say that to preachers, not to Gary, but I wish I can say to all the preachers. Don't let your preaching become a well that has religious dirt in it. Because if there's religious dirt in your preaching, it'll do the people no well. That's why certain people will listen to the Word, and it, the Word doesn't set them free. Because there's the Logos Word, and there's the Rhema Word. The Logos Word is the written Word. The Rhema Word is when the Holy Spirit takes the Word and makes it, brings it alive. Come on. Uh, that's why a professor can read you the Word, and you want to fall asleep. And then somebody else comes and reads that same word and preaches. And you say, man, wow, what a word. Difference is the one has allowed dirt. And I don't say professors have dirt in their thinking. But there's religious preaching and then there's New Testament preaching. Come on. There's a difference between, to, between Logos preaching and Rhema preaching. Amen? Thank you for your excitement. Okay. Now, and... Uh, so we went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said to him, I'm the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear. I'm with you. I will bless you. I won't multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. That's verse 24. Now watch what God does. He repeats the promise of Abraham several times. And, and we need to learn to repeat the key cornerstone promises. There's certain things in my life that I always refer to. You've heard me do that. I will always refer to milestones in my life where God spoke to me. Um, and um, and uh, why? Because um, that was key moments. That was rhema words. I remember a few years ago, God gave me a word in, in, in the Carolinas, a phenomenal word. Um, and um, I'm not even going to go into how it happened, but it was just an incredible word. It is such a, a profound word, and it's about to become to fulfillment. Uh, it is so huge that if I talk to you, um, I cannot talk to you about it. It's, it's just one of those things. I need to wait. I, I would say by next year, the whole thing will be fulfilled. It's huge. But um, if, God, if you don't get excited over God's wells, God cannot bless you. And, and you and I need to start a journey on redigging the wells. Redigging the wells. Um, because Isaac made a point of it to redig the wells. And, um, and the Bible says, uh, so he built an altar there, and he called the name of the Lord, and he pitched his stand there, and, he, and Isaac's servants dug a well. And Now watch this, verse 26. He, here, is, here is the devil back. The enemy is back. Come on. How many of you know the devil, every, every now and then, he will come and do some house visitation? Yeah. He can come and do health, health uh, visitation or house visitation by checking... By trying to get into your health. And don't say, well, it's my time to go. No, no, no. There's a time to say, Re I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. You're not going to come to me now and put dirt into my, into, my, into my health well. Watch this. Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzath. What a cursed name. One of his friends. And Pekal, watch this. He brings with him Pekal. 
the commander of the army. So now what, why will he bring people like that? Can you see can you see how the favor of God on Isaac made the enemy fear? And uh, because they actually came to do a military and an economic alliance with Isaac. So they, he brought these guys with him, uh, the commander of the army. And Isaac said to them, why have you come to me since you hate me and have sent me away from you? Watch, watch his language. Church, we are blessed people. And you will never know how the world is watching you. And Isaac said to him, why do you come to me? And they said, watch what they said. We have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. Again, how did they notice the Lord is with Isaac? Not when they watched him praying. Not when they watched him in church. They saw how he's turning wells of dirt into prosperity and he's redigging the promises of his father and they translate that into he is a dangerous man, he's a mighty man. Church, I cannot redig the wells of Abraham for you because I need to redig my own wells. I need to look at these people a little bit. I'm looking there all the time. I'm going to say it again. You, you need to redig the wells and just stay faithful. The fact that you came to a Saturday night meeting, you're actually saying, I'm here to remove dirt out of what the devil has tried to put as a hindrance into my life. And um, so they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord, we have certainly, certainly seen, we have certain, it's a fact. It's an overwhelming fact. It's in our face. The Lord is with you. Well, now they bring the Lord into the picture. Why? Because they know it's the God of Abraham that's doing this. The God of Abraham can make me look good right here in the middle of a famine. Come on. Don't leave Ravenna. Ravenna. Who wants to live in Ravenna? You know, he put me in a hotel in the Hampton Inn somewhere. You need a GPS to get from that hotel to this place. For years. For the first time in 24 years, he puts me in another hotel. One straight shot, I said, what is he hiding from me? For the first time, he puts me in a place where there's restaurants and there's all kinds of good stuff. I said, Lord, but you know what? Finally, I'm redigging a better hotel. Well, he found something better. Thank you, Jesus. 24 years. But they said, we have certainly seen that the Lord is with you. So we said, now watch what they say. They said, we see the Lord is with you. So we said, let there be an oath between you and us. Now they come to, to, to Isaac and they want him to sign an agreement. 
Watch the agreement. Do not attack us because we did not do you any harm. Can you see? Can you see what happened? Since he sowed the seed into double trouble, can you see the magnitude of where this thing is going? When God comes into your life, God will move you constantly in the right direction. Come on. He moves you constantly in the right direction, in your finances, in, your, in everything you do. And uh, let there be an oath between us and, and let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm. It's not that we will do you harm. They say that you will not do us any harm. You see, church, I, I think the time needs to come again that the world gets a new respect for the church. We, the church, we cannot hide in build. They need to know that we are the descendants of Abraham. Let me, I tell you what, it's time that America and the government and all these politicians rediscover who the church is. Come on. We don't need them. They need us. We are the sons and daughters of Abraham. They can also be sons and daughters of Abraham if they want to. But church, it's about time that we say, you need us. And you will no longer pollute the American well with dirt. Because what God, when God discovered the American well, God decided that this will be a nation from where the gospel will be preached into the, to the ends of the earth. Come on. I'm prophesying now over America. Okay. That you will do us no harm since we have not touched you and since we've done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. Oh, I love it. When the devil calls me the blessed of the Lord. <laughs> but you know what? That's how overwhelming. But the best is still coming. So he made them a feast and they ate and they drank. And they arose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another. And Isaac sent them away and they departed from him in peace. So now they live in peace. Verse 32. This is the powerful verse. This is the ending. And it came to pass the same day, the same day they left. God did the best of all the miracles. Come on. Just when the enemy think they've seen your total success, the best is still coming. It came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had just dug and said to him, We have found Water, not muddy water, no dirt, no dirt. We have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. Beersheba, Beersheba is the well of seven. Seven speaks of perfection. Or the well of oath. Come on. The well of oath. Pure water. The well of the seven spirits of God. 
In Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God gave us the Holy Spirit, the perfect gospel, the perfect power, the perfect empowerment to turn the world into a well of healing and deliverance and salvation. Come on. Come on. Church, in my own life for 41 years, I remember... And, and you don't want to hear my story because some of you that say, oh, please don't tell your stories again. We don't want to hear it. But you know what? I started in ministry in 1980. Then suddenly I got certain prophecies. And by the way, one of those incredible prophets was, this, was in our upper room two or three years ago. Uh, and God gave me these incredible promises. Some of the promises was, was so... It, it was just amazing. I mean, I don't even want to repeat some of it because it's just too big. And then the journey started. And now that I look back, I realize I was like an Isaac. I, I had to redig the wells because in the years of my traveling and the years of being a youth pastor and the national youth coordinator and then pastoring a church and then going into the nations, in all these years... I had to go through these different seasons of dirt in my promises. Sometimes it was purely the devil. Sometimes it was church people or it was leaders. Because when you're a young Joseph, they're going to throw you in the pit. Prophet in training. Welcome for your training in the pit. I've been there. I've got some pit qualifications. Potiphar's house, house where they lie about you. They will have to lie about you. Prison, oh, prison. But when he went to the pit, Potiphar's house, prison, he was getting closer and closer to the palace. Sometimes when you go through the wells of dirt, don't be discouraged. You're moving closer and closer to Beersheba. Beersheba is coming. It's amazing. Beersheba was not the first well. Bersheba was the seventh well. And sometimes God will test you. Whether you will still be faithful of all this dirt in your promises. And all I can say to you is, it's getting better and better. The real English is, it's getting gooder and gooder. Yeah. Come on. I remember those days I was in your church. And one night I said to Gary, it was in 1998. I remember I came here in 97. And I said to him one night, and we were eating, and I said to him, man, the Lord is really helping me with my, my English now. I'm picking up words like this. And uh, I said to him, I've used that word tonight. And I, I said, it's powerful. And he looked at me, <laughs> gave me that strange look. He said, to be honest with you, there is not such a word. <laughs> Other pastors would have said, oh, praise God, Brother Andre. God is using you mightily. And they would never have told me that in my face. But he told me, it's not such a word. And I said, well, it's amazing that God still uses me. You know, you always need to be ready for Gary Beck. Amen. <laughs> but what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you, church, is my life perfect? No. Do I have challenges? Yes. Do I have it all together? No. But when I look at my well of Bersheba, and I look where I started, I say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. 
I have enough to, to, to be grateful. Uh, still challenges, still resistance, but you know what? You will never live in this earth without resistance. It's, we, we are not in a perfect world. This is not heaven yet. But Beersheba is coming. Beersheba. And, and the best is, just when they signed an agreement with Isaac, the news broke the same day. Mr. Isaac, Mr. Isaac, we just found it. It's the final one. It's the pure one. It's the clean one. Oh, come on. And I want to say to you tonight, never stop cleaning the wells. Don't give up. That's what I say to myself. If you're not going to use this word, it's fine. I'll take it for myself. I need it. Amen? The well of Bathsheba. Stay with the Father. Well, I don't actually need to say this to you because you're all here on a Saturday night. That tells me that you still believe in the wells and the promises of God. And, um, but what I do want to say to you is, many of you served the Lord for many, many years. I served the Lord for many, many years. And what I sometimes find with people that serve the Lord for many, many years is, they allow things to creep in. I don't say you need to be wear modern clothing, but don't let... You can wear old-fashioned clothing. I don't care. But don't become rigid and stale in your thinking. Don't, don't do that. Uh, stay strong. Fall in love with the rhema word. Come on. I've met, I've met people that are religious and they're 30 years old. I've met older people that you think will be religious and you will be amazed how they know the Word of God and how they love the Word of God. You will never see the well of seven with a spirit of depression. When Isaac went to all these wells, quarreled, dislike, God was watching him. And God said to him, stay, be faithful. What I've promised to Abraham, I will give you. And I can honestly say at my age, God is a rewarder of those who clean up the wells. You see, church, I have a decision. I can take the Word of God. The Word of God is a well. The Word of God is a living well. But I can allow this Bible to become old-fashioned to me. I, I, can, I, I can allow the Word of God to become stale and rigid to me. You know, when somebody reads the Bible, or when, when, I remember those days when you go to a funeral. I, I heard this. I will never forget it. And the Lord has given and the Lord has taken. Hallowed be thy name. When I hear that kind of language, I say, oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help. God doesn't sound like that. When God talks to me, he doesn't say, this is the Lord. He doesn't have a pulpit voice. Come on. I've met leaders, they have pulpit voices, and then they have normal voices. 
I must have told you this one. It's a joke that happened in South Africa. I'm not going to tell it. I know I told you that. The pastor that went to the funeral and he lost his pulpit voice. Did I tell you that? Please, you know about it. He was the pastor from whom I had to take the church over. He was a dear man. But he had a pulpit voice. And I was with him. I was the co-pastor. They wanted me to take over the church because, and he spoke like that. Beloved, we're going to read together this morning out of 2 Corinthians. You know, that kind of thing. I'm getting tired. And one day he had a funeral. Always talked like that. Cape Town, sea sand, funeral, nicely done. You know, these, the green stuff that they put on, at, so that it looks like lawn all over, and the coffin is here, and when and the, and the rose leaves is ready, and everybody's standing there, and he's standing there, he's got his Bible open. Brothers and sisters, let us pray. Everybody's standing there. And in the meantime, he's praying and he opened his eyes and he noticed that the sand is caving in on the one side and the coffin is going to flip into. That's a mess. And he saw that and he says, grab him, brothers and sisters, grab him, grab him. I mean, grab him. So he tried to reverse to his pulpit voice. I said, thank you, Lord. It took a funeral to hear the real man. Wow. Church, there's so many things that we allow, dirt that we allow, that has nothing to do. It's not God. It's just dirt. It's just dirt. You say, well, pastor, you cannot be this humorous in church. Well, have you ever met people in your life and you just wondered why God created them? So God has humor. I've met them. I've met many people that I wondered, what on earth? Only God knows why he... Maybe you look at me and say, wow, why did God create him? Don't let dirt come into your thinking. Dirt into your ideas, dirt into your dreams, dirt into your understanding of the word, dirt into your worship, dirt into your praises. Don't let dirt, come on, don't let the promises, the goodness of God be full of dirt that people put in there. We, we, we need to stay fresh. And what I'm saying to Pentecost is, Pentecost is a well of seven. It's the well of, it's, it's a Holy Spirit well. Don't put dirt into the book of Acts 2. Don't walk away from the book of Acts 2. Acts 2 is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let's not put dirt into Pentecost. What a shame that will be. And may God restore the well of Pentecost, the well of Beersheba, in this earth one more time, that the world will drink fresh water from a well that is fresh and clean and pure. 
and, 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 and let the seven spirits of God. Oh, man, I cannot imagine what that looked like. But I want to say to all of you, do not give up. Do not give up. Stay faithful. And, uh, and God, will, God will help you. God will strengthen you. Um, again, I thank God. There's, there's one promise that God has fulfilled in our lives. It started maybe seven, eight years ago. But there's a promise that God has fulfilled in our lives. That was a promise, a well. It is so profound that if I did not walk by faith from 1980, 81, 82, 90, 91, 92, 2000, 2001, 2002, if I did not walk faithful and I go to heaven and God would have called me and said, Andre, come here. I called you. You did well. You went into the ministry in 1980. You did well in the 80s. You did well in the 90s. You did well in the new millennium. But Andre, you stopped right there. Let's say I stopped in 2010, whatever, 2009, whatever year you want to choose. So let's say I stopped there and God comes and says, now come here. Uh, why did you stop there? Why did you give up? Why did you just go out of the ministry? Why did you not pursue further? Because Andre, you had a good well. You had the spacious well. But Andre, on the other side of the spacious well, I had another well for you. It's called Beersheba. But Andre, you stopped before I could give Beersheba to you. I remember in 81, Roger Teal prophesied. He said, the Lord says, there is not really such a thing as the submissive will of God. There's only one will. It's the perfect will of God. But he said, if you want to choose and you want to create a submissive will of God, he says, if you stay in the submissive will of God, God will still bless you. But if you pursue the wells and you go for what I really have in mind for you, you will, you will be amazed what I will do in your life. Kim Clement prophesied it to me in the early 90s. So what am I saying to you? I will still go to heaven. But man, I don't want to go to heaven. I mean, I could have stayed in South Africa, but I don't want to go to heaven. And then God calls me and says, well done. Well done. You had food to eat. You slept well. This is what I've done for you. Let me show you the picture of what I actually had in mind. You missed out on Beersheba. You say, oh, Pastor Andre, my life is almost over. I'm old. God will not allow you to hear this if he doesn't give you another chance to go for Beersheba. Abraham was 900 years old. Sarah was 90 years old. They were nursing home material. Social Security was bankrupt. They're sitting in the nursing home. Every day the hearse go by, another one died. 
funerals. That's all you do in the nursing home. Sarah said to Abraham, Abraham, you will not believe me. I'm pregnant. I told you to stay away from me. I think Abraham said to her, it's Bathsheba. It's the best for last. I'm not talking about pregnancy, so rest, be calm. Nothing will go wrong. Amen. Don't miss out on your Bathsheba. I need to stop. What is the time? Oh, there it is, 7.25. We start, oh, it's already an hour and a half. Do you get something out of this? I'm standing in front of you. And I can scare you with detail. I'm standing in front of you as a, as a living testimony. That when you redict the wells of your father, your father, my father, your God, my God. Remember what, Jesus, what God, Jesus said to Mary? Go tell the brothers. I go to my God, your God, my father, your father. I'm saying to you, the same father that I serve is the one that you serve. Same Jesus that I serve you. Same Holy Spirit that I lead me, lead you. And I'm here to say to you, don't miss out about Bathsheba. Maybe you're at the point to say, I've got space. I want to say to you, don't settle for the spacious well. There's more than just space. Settle for the well of perfection. How many of you is just going to go out of this building tonight and say, I'm going to go for the best that God has for me. He is a good father. And he wants to help me. And all I can say to you is, if I, now that I know what I know out of the last 12 or 13 years, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying things and I have no evidence to prove it. evidence none of your business but I have evidence <laughs> that if you go into the double trouble land and you start to do what pleases the heart of the father he will ultimately let you discover the well of seven and guess what? He will make sure that the devil first leave before he shows you the well of seven. They knew about all the wells, but they did not know about the well of Bathsheba because they already left when the breaking news came in. Bathsheba arrived. How many of you believe that you have a Bathsheba? Can I tell you something? You may not believe it. I'm here to say to you, you have one. Ma'am, you have a Bathsheba well. Who are you? Are you married? Where's your guy? Oh, my goodness. Look at that. You should have seen that. 
He got up, yeah, yeah. That's the best I've ever seen. Wow. It's better to let him sit in the back of the church, amen. I almost called him my bodyguards because the way he came out of that seat, oh, my goodness. I mean, I spoke to her, not to you, sir. I asked her the question. You answer the question. You are something else. Amen. You look a ton older than her, but anyway. <laughs> Don't talk to me. I'm the speaker. Say it again. You're better looking. You hope. <laughs> That's good, man. I love that. God can use people like that, eh? <laughs> Give that guy a hand, man. <laughs> Listen, you, oh, oh, my goodness. Remind me that I tell you something tonight. I almost said it here, but I will not say that because we streamline these meetings. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you say, I have a Beersheba, just stand on your feet and say, that's coming in. Okay, thank you. I've got three people, four, five, that say I have a Beersheba. The rest of you, please stay with Isaac and quarrel. <laughs> Come on, church. I want, to, I want to give you a booster. You know, they have this booster shot now, the vaccine. I'm not telling you to take it, okay? And I'm not telling you to stay away. I'm not saying anything. So don't try to pull me into your quarrel well. Oh, the well of quarrel on the vaccination. Oh, don't talk about the well. <laughs> but they have this booster shot now. Well, the word booster. I'm, I'm here to give you a booster shot tonight. I give you a booster shot of the Holy Ghost. I give you a booster shot of God's goodness. A booster. How many of you believe that Beersheba well is a booster shot well? It's the ultimate well. It's the healing well. It's the well of deliverance. It's the well of peace. It's, come on. Father, I pray tonight that every man and woman here, come on, these gentlemen, this, you, I know you forever, the three of you. Amen. How many of you have been here in 97 when I came here the first time? Oh, my goodness. I need to get pictures with all of you. I'm telling you, it's, it, it means a lot to me. But what am I saying to all of you? God is well pleased. Because you realize that unless the well of seven, unless Beersheba is in my life, there's nothing else to live for. I don't want to live for muddy waters. I don't want to live for dirty waters. I'm living for the best. And Father, I pray tonight that Somehow you will help every, every man and woman in this building to rediscover the well of Beersheba. Lord, that's the well of oath. And the well of oath is, is referring to the oath that God made to Abraham. I will bless you. And Father, I pray that Ravenna Church will also rediscover their there's, there's sevenfold 
mantle. There's sevenfold fresh water. There's seven, the seven spirits of God. Lord, I pray that this church will once again be a well of a Sheba so that when others come in, they will say, wow. When you go in there, it's fresh. It's peaceful. It's, del it's delivering you. It's setting you free. It is, it is a powerful place to be. It's a non-polluted place. Pentecost is still Pentecost. Holy Ghost is still welcome. The cross is still preached. Jesus is still Lord. Uh, the full gospel is preached in that place. Lord, I pray tonight. Lord, I pray that if there's any dirt in any wells, I come against dirt in the wells of people. I come against dirt in the minds of people. I come, Lord, even this, 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 this virus dirt that has come to us, I pray, God, that you will remove all dirt and all quarrel about it out of this church. And that this church, Lord, will be known as a place where you don't talk about vaccines and viruses. You talk about Jesus. You talk about the Holy Spirit. You talk about God. Lord, I pray that you will clean this well. And I pray, God, there's people here that say there's, there's dirt in my finances. I pray, God, clean up their finances. Do a miracle financially. Lord, I pray for people that say, oh, Lord, I'm in trouble financially. I need help. Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray. Lord, I pray for people that say, Lord, it's late in my life. Can I still get the well of a Sheba in my finances. I pray, Lord, that you will help them. Help them. Come on, church. I'm speaking to people now. All I want to say to you is you will find the well of a Sheba. God will lead you. God will direct you. I cannot lead you. I cannot direct you. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm just a mouthpiece of God. But God says, I will go with you. Like I've, I've went with Isaac, I will go with you. And Father, I thank you that every man and woman here will say this. After Saturday night, I know one thing. That God has something good in store for me. For my wife, for my husband, for my children, for my health, for my family, for my grandkids, for my job, for, my, for whatever. God will, God will restore what the enemy has stolen. And Lord, I pray that people that are under threat from other people, I pray God that any enemy, anybody that is threatening anybody in this church will soon come to the conclusion, leave those people alone because they are the people of God. There's, there's something about those people, they belong to the Lord and let's just leave them alone. Lord, I pray that anybody that has anything against them, I pray cut it off, set them free in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want you to turn to somebody and just point the finger. I give you the right to point the finger and say to that person, Do not settle for anything less than Beersheba. That guy in the back with a yellow t-shirt. Come here, brother. You, yeah, you. You come here, brother. Yeah, come. Do you know this guy, Pastor Gary? <laughs> he's, he's walking like a ballerina. <laughs> Come here, ma'am. She's, no, 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 no. Come. <laughs> this guy's a treat. Is he always like this? <laughs> hey, 
Stop it now. Don't take over the whole show. <laughs> you have not been in this church forever. How long are you in this church now? 15. Okay, so you've seen me before and I've seen you before. Father, I want to bless this couple. I want to speak life over them. And I just want to say, Lord, use them for your glory. And thank you, Lord, for somebody that is upbeat and just ready to discover the best that God has for them. I speak it over them in Jesus' name. You're actually great people, good people. Father, I just pray. What is that thing in your, sitting here in your chest? What is, you had an, a, a surgery? You had surgery on your, oh, they found a tumor on your, on your vocals. Okay, it was benign, they removed it. Okay. Oh, so you press that thing in order to talk? No? <laughs> He's asking me whether I want to press it. No, sir. I don't press buttons like that. The only bell I, the button I press is the doorbell. You know, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do doorbells. <laughs> We're having fun here. You know what I appreciate about you? You walk like that, you hardly have a voice, but you're upbeat. You don't let it stop you. That man pulled you through. Yeah. You know, isn't that a great testimony? That man behind me and this man, and he doesn't know the man is standing behind him. They helped him. They pulled him through. That's what Christianity is all about. When I cannot walk, please pull me through. And I want to thank this church that since 1997, you're standing with us. You've helped us. You've blessed us. You've, you've helped us do things that we could not have done without your financial support. I want to thank you. You, see, you probably say, why do you come back here? To be honest with you, I preach in bigger churches than this. But it's not about big and small. It's about who opened the doors for me in 97 when I had no open doors. I had to trust God when I come into this country. This is one of them, this guy. I mean, so, and I told Naomi that because God can hear what I say. God knows whether I'm telling a lie. When we walk out of the door tonight in the hotel room, I said to her, I am coming to this church because they stood with me since 97. And I will never forget those who stood with me. I will never. If they say to me tomorrow, I will not see you again, I would love to have a few pictures of these old ancient people. Because one day when I cannot preach anymore, and I look at those pictures, I will say, sweet memories. Sweet memories. Amen? Sweet memories. 
Father, I just want to thank you for this couple. Bless them, Lord. Bless this man. And, uh, okay, can we do some good music? You ready? You want to worship the Lord? Pastor, you want to take over now? <laughs> you know, last night what he did is he, he extended my whole sermon by preaching. <laughs> and he did it again tonight, so I'm not sure what he's going to do now. Maybe he knows about, well, 8, 9, 10, and 11. But uh, I expect him, I expect, if there's one person that knows about 11, 12, 13 wells, it's Gary Beck, hallelujah. No, I'm just teasing you, sir. <laughs> That's your brother, your good-looking brother. <laughs> That's your good-looking sister, and this is just you, amen? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know, church, <laughs> I love the Lord, and I love Gary Beck. He's, he's the real deal. Uh, and he's the real deal. Where's Kathy? In the nursery. Okay. 